Broadcasting directly from our studios in sunny Orlando, Florida, you are listening to Faith Unregulated. We are your hosts, Javi and Jessica Madrigal, and on this podcast, we discuss the hard topics around having bold faith, building strong character, and taking fearless action. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. And so on today's episode, we're talking about Unshackled, the daily steps of spiritual freedom. This is going to be a three-part series we're coming out of the gate with, okay? So make sure you stay tuned. We're going to start with this one, but uh, the next, the following uh, two weeks, we're going to continue this series. This is something that is really, God has really uh, laid on our heart and we've been really praying about. I believe uh, not only you'll get something out of this, but I believe we'll be also ministered like always. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start out right out the gate, you guys, with something different. Okay. This is an image that um, Javi created that really spoke to what we're talking about today. And we just wanted to bring this up and have us all reflect on this image of a man trudging through a barren landscape, dragging a cumbersome chained box. Okay. This image stirs something deep within us, prompting us to contemplate both seen and unseen burdens. As we delve into God's word today, let's remember this picture and ask ourselves, what chains are we dragging in our own lives? If you are listening to us on our audio podcast, this image you will see on the cover of the podcast art. And you can see that this just speaks volumes. I'm going to bring up our first verse. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, is what really inspired me about this is that oftentimes, you know, we we are bringing a lot of these things from our past mm -hmm. into our future and the, the traumas and the pains that we've mm -hmm. been through. If you think of those, every link of those chains as our trials, um, the thing is, is yes, we we're going to go through trials, but are, we're not called to carry those trials along with us. Right. And that's really the, the, the direction we're going here. Second Peter 2, 17, 20 says, these people are as useless as dried up springs or as mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting. With an appeal to twisted sexual desires, they lure back in to, sit, to sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. Ooh. Yeah, exa exactly. Yeah, and That's and a good word. <laughs> again, we're, we're going to be tempted. We're going to be influenced by the world. Um, but what are those things that um we're holding on to look if you're if you are uh new to new in in this relationship with you have with with christ or maybe you're going through a, a, a season of your life where you feel distant from god you know what causes that that distance many times is those voices that we those external voices that we turn up, mm -hmm. those false prophets, so to speak, in in the media, yeah. the uh, or you know, in, in this day and age, the things that we look on 
you know, are distracting us on our phones. Yep. Uh, so it doesn't have to necessarily be your neighbor or your workplace or, or things of that sort. We're often, in, we're influenced by many, many, mm-hmm. many different areas, right? Right. Um, but when you are a babe in Christ, or like I said, you're maybe going through a dry spell, mm-hmm. um, we, we're, we expose ourselves to really listening to those that seem to, they seem to, it seems to be logical. That seems biblical. That seems good. Right. Yeah. But um, when we line that up to God's word and his promises, um, mm-hmm. they're exposed. And the, the, to- the thing is, is a lot of times we seem to waver in and out. And that's because we're holding on to some of those things. Absolutely. Let's talk about the warning in this verse. Also, the warning from Peter. Peter, in his second letter, issues a stern warning uh, about false teachers and prophets. Um, they may appear as sources of wisdom, like you were just saying, um, but this calls them dried up springs, offering no sustenance, right? They boast the allure, um, but they remain ensnared in their own uh, sins, right? So a lot of times people will talk about, you know, people who are... Um, preachers or evangelists, and all of a sudden something's going on in their own life and they continue to preach. The problem with this, well, let me let me continue. The, the worst that they entice others to fall back into their own sin, right? So they're leading not only themselves into sin and not um, repenting with God and getting that right, but they're leading others into that, which we we both know, we all know, are that's even worse. God really looks down on that. But one of the things about this that um, just came to my mind is we have to remember, you know, so many people attack the church on, well, look at all these hypocrites. Here's what uh, I think a lot of people don't understand. Well, first of all, I understand why you would say that, but I want to point out something very interesting that um, being a Christian for so long has taught me. If And the Bible is very clear that this is going to be what happens when you follow Jesus. You will come up against a, a decent amount of resistance. The more you get into leadership, the more influence you have for the kingdom, the more influence you have on God's people, the higher the resistance, the more the attack. The enemy's like, no, 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 no. We don't want him or her doing any of that, right? So that's why if we ever go into leadership and we have to pray for our leadership and our pastors and evangelists, that they are protected against these attacks and that they repent, right? And take care of themselves before taking care of everybody else. Because that's the problem is that the reason why this happens so much with leadership is because they are attacked more than anybody else. So it's not like they're just weaker. It's not like they're bigger hypocrites than anybody else. They're no different than anyone actually. But what happens is, is imagine you're in leadership, you're in a position of influence, and now you've got, you know, an angry mob coming at you with pitchforks, you know what I mean? Like, because you're the person that's going to do the most good. That's what happens. And so that's why the Bible warns against false prophets because the enemy is conniving. He seeks to kill and destroy, right? So he's going to ensnare these people and the people that do uh, give in or, or they get ensnared by this and are not being vigilant and not being alert and not understanding this process before they get in, right? Maybe they're all on fire for God and they get in and they're not surrounded by people they should be surrounded by. They're not in their word the way they should be. And they're not prayed up and they're not vigilant. This will happen. And then they become false prophets because now the enemy has his hand on them. Right. Would you agree? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I wanted to bring up one other point to that. 
because the hypocrites, <laughs> let's put that aside for a second, because we could point, and I think this is, this is um, what a lot of us do, especially when we go on defense, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to expose maybe the sin in our life. Earlier, I was talking about sometimes we, our spiritual life seems to be all over the place, up and down. Our relationship, we cannot seem to really establish what feels like a solid relationship with God. And that's what it, it, that's why a lot of times our relationship with God really becomes religious. Yeah. You know, pretty soon, once we're on fire for God, pretty soon, you know, we're, we're not, you know, in our word, we're not praying as much. We're not going to church. We're not surrounding yeah. ourselves with the um, the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and so when we become, when we start doing that, and we start allowing again, allowing other influences in our life rather than the truth and God's word, then we start to look at other people and start looking at other mm-hmm. things, pointing out problems, pointing out church. Uh, problems in the church, pro, uh, pointing out problems in other people right. rather than looking within. And I want uh, to challenge us today. Okay. That when you look at this image, this the image is the, of the man dragging this huge chest. Right. Okay. With chains. And it's bigger chains, than him. Right. It's bigger than him. Yeah. For a moment, let's imagine what's inside that chest. What are the things that you are holding on to that may be slowing your spiritual life down or keeping you uh, from really achieving that that point in your spiritual growth? Okay. Mm -hmm. It's keeping you from being the man or woman of God that God has designed for you. Why? It's not because of other people. It's, it's about, it's more about the things that you may be holding on to those habits, those, those, uh, beliefs in yourself that maybe you feel like, well, I can't, I can't do this or I'll never be good enough. Not only good enough for people, Mm -hmm. but good enough for, for God. Well, God, that's good enough for those people. They are sure they could do it. They've had, you know, they grew up in church. They have had money. They've lived on easy street. But what you don't really know, it seems that way to you. That's what the the enemy is lying to you about. You don't know their struggle. You don't know their hidden sin. You don't know what they've gone through to get to that point and how Mm -hmm. God has worked in their life. So you're working again. You're working externally you're looking externally you're not looking internally and what are the things that you're holding on to okay maybe some of the things you're holding on to are those those toxic relationships those toxic friends okay you you're not willing after all you you've grown up with them you know you you've known them since you were in grammar school or high school or whatever and you're you're trying to uh, move on with your life. You're trying to uh, really grow in Christ, but you're still holding on to some of those friends that want you to go out and 
party like you used to. Maybe and you're your own toxic friend. Right. Maybe it's you yeah. because you're holding on to church hurt from those false prophets that you that you followed and got caught up in what they were caught up in. And you got out of that, but now you're holding on to church hurt and you're blaming God for that. Maybe you're holding on to lies that people, those toxic friends and your family talked to you about or abused you with or lied to you about. And now you're taking those things and laying it on yourself. And those are your, your, own, your own worst enemy, so what happens, as they say. Right. So what happens is um, you start hearing those those lies from the false prophets, mm -hmm. those, those, um, whether they're friends mm -hmm. or maybe it's even the, the things that you believe in yourself. And, and that leads us really to this next point. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say this, this is where we start to have a false identity, right? We talk a lot about how we want to have our identity in Christ. But we drag a lot of stuff around saying, well, that's my identity back there. I'm taking this with me. This is who I am. Something interesting in that photo I want to point out, <clears throat> shouldn't our identity be on us and not dragging behind us? Shouldn't it be something that isn't a weight, right? It, it, our identity should be something that we embody, that embodies us, not something that we're dragging around. And we have to intentionally keep proclaiming, um, this doesn't seem right, but that's definitely right. Does that make sense? So these lies we tell ourselves about ourselves. I mean, does it does it feel natural to you that you would constantly tell yourself that you're not good enough? Why would we we wouldn't doesn't feel natural to say that to someone else? It never would feel natural to say that to someone you love. Why does it feel natural somehow to say it to ourselves? But is it natural? Does it actually feel natural or are we just used to the pain? Right? So this is when we start putting on these false identities that we carry around, right? And old sinful thoughts and beliefs and um, bitterness and all of these things where we can shove them in that box. It could be a various, um, many things where now this is where those people say, oh, those people are hypocrites. Why? Because the church is full of broken people because it's a hospital. That's what it is. Yeah. We go there to recover. We go there to transform. We go there to have a, a new beginning or, you know, a restoration, right? Redemption from something. If you want redemption from Jesus, I, there's got to be something you're getting redeemed from, right? That's what this is all about. And so people are like, well, if you say that you believe this and this and this, you know, you're saying you're perfect and nobody ever said that. And, and if they are, then they're, then they're doing it wrong. Those are false prophets because that's not God's heart. God's heart is that we come and we repent and we say, I am doing all these things. I don't need to carry any of this. That is not true. That is a lie. And proclaim the truth. That's where we begin to start moving back into our own identity that he, that our true identity, right? That God says we have in Christ. So the truth about ourselves. So when we carry all that around, um, and by the way, we continue throwing things in it. Do you notice that? Yeah. When we still have the box with us, we like to throw more in it. We're like, well, the box is still there and I don't feel like it's full. You know what right. I should do? Throw some more lies in there and some more junk and trauma. <laughs> Right, because it just it, it's it tends to just build. Well, it, it, yeah, the, the weight becomes heavier and heavier. Yeah, you pretty soon because you're so focused on those issues, mm -hmm. the the bitterness, the anger, mm -hmm. the shame, all the 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 belief system that you're you're bringing along with you. Yeah, belief system in others, belief system in yourself. 
Yep. Okay. You're so focused on that rather than focused on the things of God and what he has for you. Look, you're, you're trying to move forward. You're working hard to move forward, but you just seem like you can't get there. It seems like there's this, there's this thing between you and God. And what happens is that box becomes bigger. Yep. It seems bigger because you're you've been dragging it around so long the box is actually this big <laughs> right. and it becomes so large so let me let me take a, a, a quick story and then we'll move forward and just a little bit uh, uh, about myself and i don't think i've I'm, i don't I think don't, you've ever told i don't this think story. i've ever said this but look before we got married while we were dating we went through a process of really digging in and going through some counseling uh, before we got married, okay? And really it got to a point where we're, we had to really look internal. Mm -hmm. What is it that maybe uh, we've been dragging around in our life? That we don't want to drag into past, this marriage. Right, yeah. past traumas. Because I wanted our marriage to land on good feet, start really on a good footing. I didn't want to bring in old baggage. Mm -hmm. I, that was, that Same. was something both of us wanted. We wanted a fresh start. Right. Right. God blessed us with, with each other and we wanted to honor that. So we really had to examine these things. What I realized, you know, cause I was, I actually was struggling with this. I was thinking, not that I had it all together, not that, that wasn't on my mind, but I didn't know. Um, what I may be dragging along with me. I don't think most of us know what we're dragging around. And that's why we're doing this series. Just a quick note. Uh, not because we're all intentionally dragging around hurtful lies on ourselves. And we're just like, you know, I, refusing to let go. I don't think most of the time when God reveals things to me that I'm telling myself that I even realized I was telling myself that. So that's why we got to be listening for God's voice. Right. So, so I've been really praying about this Lord revealing me what, what this may be. Uh, and then <laughs> it's like, you know, God showed me it's like this light <laughs> on this <laughs> on this box. I had a, a literal uh, box. You guys, <laughs> I had a wooden box yeah, uh, that I carried with me. And keep in mind, I carried this with me since high school. OK. And just so you know, it was, it was a long time. OK, <laughs> so. In that box, you know, you even had, you know, you had the main compartment, a little side compartment, but beneath that, he even had a hidden compartment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had a literal wooden box. Let's camp on this for a second. He's talking about dragging around a, a, a figurative box of, of, of quote baggage that we bring into our, our next relationship or our next job or our next season in our life. Okay. But he had a literal box full of stuff from his past with hidden compartments even that other people couldn't see. And he never shared this with anybody. So yeah. he shares this with me. Yeah. And it, it was just full of little things that you would never really think much about. Mm -hmm. But there are little things in my life that I thought were special. But when I looked at each and every one of those things, most of it, most of it was they were things that were had attachments to 
memories that were actually toxic. And traumatic. And traumatic. Yeah. Okay. Box of trauma. It even <laughs> took, you know, it took me back. There were things that I had um, that I acquired when around the time my dad died. Okay. And that had a certain amount of trauma, right, around it that I put on myself of the guilt I I had, the pain I had at that time. Now, when you looked at this item, it had nothing to do with it, it but it symbolized the, a time period. And and I realized this at the, at the, at the time when I'm like, wait a second, God really started ministering to me and showing me why, what the, all these things symbolized in my life. Mm. And so we took it and we burned it. <laughs> yes, we did. And I had similar things. I didn't have an actual box, but I did have things. Um, we both had things like, you know, you keep letters because you can't get that back. And so yeah. you're like, I don't, I don't want to let go of these things that remind me of my pain. And maybe you want to um, keep something because it reminds you of, you know, surviving something or it reminds you of, you know, um, the lessons you learned in a painful situation or whatever it happens to be, it's still connected to trauma, right? But you, you keep these things, you walk around with them. So I had, I had a stack of things too, that I had kept, um, you know, just random items. Cause I was like, this is a good idea. I like this. So we went to up into the, cause we, we were, um, near, nearby, like where you could go hiking up in the woods. I think in the, this was in Utah, right? So, but they had like all these great mountain trails. And so you go up there and there's these little campfire spots, you know, where you can just go for the day. Um, and we were, we went hiking, just the two of us took all our, our bag of, of, of memories <laughs> and we built a fire and we sat there and we had, we had, you know, some, some hot cocoa and watched our trauma burn <laughs> yeah. and we prayed over it and we were in and, and tell them so something interesting happened for Javi. So we were there and because of the way God spoke to you about this box, tell them what happened when you burned it and what happened spiritually to you once it was gone. Well, I mean, a, a, a tremendous. I didn't realize at the time how much of a weight that was. Yeah. On me spiritually, it was. It was hard for me to let it go. I, I mean. It was a box really full of things that really didn't mean too much to anyone else. Someone was to look at that box, open that box. It looked like just, you know, maybe some trash and some memories and it, it had no significance, but my gosh, up until that point, I didn't realize how much I was attached to it and how much it was attached to me. And up to the point where we lit things on fire, I was like, um, what am I doing here? Am I, am I actually doing this? Yeah, keep in mind how long he carried that with him, right? So so he makes a joke about how long it was, but this was like decades, okay? Right. So when you carry these things this long, it's going to be harder and harder to root them out. So get get with God and really sit down and say, I need freedom from something. But the, my whole point, it was heavy. Yeah. And until I let that go, I didn't realize how heavy it was. Right. That's what I mean. You're like you need freedom from something, right. but you don't even realize how much freedom you need from something because you don't know how how heavy it is until it's gone. And you're like, whoa, 
I had no idea that was weighing me down or holding me back so long and so much. Um, that was a huge moment in our pre-marriage, like getting kind of getting ready. I, it, it really shifted the game because we were able to move forward in a way that we didn't even realize we needed to. So these chains weigh us down, right? These boxes that we carry, they hinder our progress. They can really even, even lead us into deeper pits of despair, you guys. Um, another thing that you can put in that box is, by the way, just side note before we move on, is the weight of others' expectations. And that's a that's whole other point. conversation. But let's just let's just remember, there's a lot that other people like to put in our box without our permission. And in in and actually, let me say it differently. They like to put it in our box, but they can't without our permission. I'll say that they like to be forceful, but we actually have to allow that. So we are allowing others to put it in our box. It seems outside our control, but we we choose whether or not to even carry this box to begin with it or to let anything else go in it, let alone what we're already carrying around. So keep that in mind. So what do we do about this? Um, we want to talk about the promise of true freedom. So, so moving forward into like, what do we do about this? So how do we get out of carrying this box? How do we address the freedom that we're looking for with Jesus? How do we ask God, Hey, what do I have that I'm carrying around? I guess I didn't think about this. And Javi and Jessica go say this. And, and now I'm, feeling conflicted about, do I have baggage? I don't even know. And so ask God, right? So the first thing I want to, I want to say is, um, don't beat yourself up. This is a conversation about going to God and saying, God, I don't know what it is. And maybe you do know what it is, but revealing this to me, God is the first thing, God, you just need to reveal it to me. And I'm telling you, that's where the, it begins. Okay. So I'm going to bring up our second verse. And that is Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Do not go back. Right? Do not go back. Because when you go back, what does it say in that first verse? That it's worse than you were before right? You're worse off. So don't go back into slavery. Yeah. Just, uh, just so, so you know, <laughs> and this is look, we're, we're, we're knocking off the rust of podcasting. Um, so I'm having uh, some technical difficulties over here. So are you, um, yeah. So <laughs> don't mind what I'm doing. I don't mean to be distracting, so, <laughs> go ahead. but, uh, I'm gonna, I can't see for some reason I can't see where we're at, but anyway, uh, I, I, man, this totally threw me off track. Sorry about hey, that. Hey, listen, we're live. And the thing is, is that this is our first episode back on season two. Don't even worry about it. So we're, <laughs> I'm a, no, I'm no. I'm over here trying to follow along. My, we're my just talking about, we're talking about uh, Galatians fall. 5, 1, about going back into slavery. Christ has offered us genuine freedom. You guys, we're talking about freedom here. We have a role to play though. We're talking about right. what do we do? He's not just like going to come along and heal us without us knowing anything about it, being on board or asking. Yeah. We have to stand firm and not allow ourselves to get ensnared again. But how do we do that? How do right. we walk back out of that and say, no, 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 never again. Right. So we have, we, we have responsibility here. So a certain amount of responsibility and, and yeah, those things that maybe we are putting in there or allowing other people to put in that, that chest that we're dry, dragging around. Um, we still have the responsibility, like I said, to, Instead of blaming other people, yes, okay, 
for your lack of progress or or what's going on in your in your life mm -hmm. uh, uh blaming other people for your struggles okay take a look within what are the things that you may may be holding back the, the things that you're holding on to again that self-belief right. system that you've created or you've allowed other people to create in you now that you you've given them power you've given them the ability to slow you down right okay um these certain things may have happened to you but you have through through christ you have the ability to overcome right but you'll never discover that if you don't let go and you have to you have to be willing to accept that hey i may have an issue here it may be me and then what do we do? Right. So so what do we do first? Let's talk about just a few things that we can be doing on our end. Deepening our relationship with God through regular prayer and scripture study. I know everyone's always like, if you're not a person who reads your word, it may feel like people are harping on you to read the Bible. Get in the Bible. Get in the Bible. Well, what is that going to do? I'm telling you, God, God put it on my heart that I was not in my word the way that I needed to be not as a condemning thing, but as a, hey, he's trying to help me do something for me to get the things that I'm actually asking for, the relationship with him. This was like two or three years. This is this is years ago. But for two or three years or so, he was like, look, I'm telling you, the answer to everything you're asking me is to get in your word more. And I'm like, how could that possibly? Like, I know the Bible's great. And this was, you know, me not being as developed as a Christian as, um, you know, I needed to be. And I didn't understand. When we started getting into the word daily, just a little, like let's start doing devotionals. And then we started reading um, the Bible in one year app and just daily and then having a little bit of prayer, like everything shifted. Not only did I completely change, right? We both completely changed. Our relationship changed. Our household changed. Our family changed. Our finances changed. And my faithful, my faith relationship with God changed. My faith grew and me, un me understanding the heart of God, the true character of who he actually is, not according to the world or the church or what everybody wants to say God is, but who he actually is straight from his mouth, that changed everything. And so for me, all the healing started when I really got into the word, okay? And then in prayer comes right after that. So, you know, how do we resist change, especially when they sometimes seem so alluring and unavoidable? I wanna bring up our next verse um, talking about that. And hang on, let me grab this. Slide three. Okay. So this is Psalms 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So hiding God's word in your heart is knowing it, seeing it, you know, continually being in it. And it doesn't mean you have to memorize every verse or whatever. Like, you know, I'm terrible at memorizing verses. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, but we want to we talk today about starting somewhere. Where can we start to take steps where God can start to minister to the things that are holding us back and that those chains we're dragging around? First things first, why? Why are we getting in the word? Immersing oneself in the word of God and maintaining an active prayer life can be powerful tools in resisting temptation and staying grounded in faith, right? We're, we want to make sure that we're not grounded in the world. We're grounded in our faith with God. And that it's a powerful tool to do that when you're when you're literally talking to God every day. You're listening to his actual words. Secondly, the Bible is filled with wisdom, guidance, and stories of individuals who faced and overcame immense challenges. Just for a moment, <laughs> I want to point out something that's huge. Daily, and we've been through the Bible in one year a few times now. We've done, I mean, we have been in the word 
daily for a while, for a while. Still to the, this morning in our word, every morning we think, man, these people were just regular people. These stories yeah. were regular. People have not changed in a million years. They have not changed. Cultures change. Traditions change. You know, language changes. People have never changed one iota. Maybe technology changes, whatever. But people are designed the exact same way as they were from the beginning of time. And these people were regular Joes trying to do their best, asking God, me? Why me? Screwing up, trying to figure it out along the way, trying to hear God's voice, trying to know who God is and not mess it up, all of that. They overcame challenges. Seeing their stories and, and the accounts of history of God working in people's lives and it being documented, you can really identify with these people and you can really be encouraged. And that's where you learn God's heart. That's right. where you see how he operates and interacts with people because it may seem contradictory. I want to point out something real important about the Bible when you get into that word. This is important. Somebody needs to hear this out there. I don't know who it is. Okay. God is only and or mostly mainly concerned about your heart, where your heart is focused, right? The state of your heart. In the Bible, you will see um, this guy did this thing and this is how God reacted. Well, this other guy did the same thing, and God reacted differently. You will see that happen in the Bible quite a bit, okay? That's because God is after the heart, the state of the heart, our motives, our deep core beliefs and, and, and uh, interactions with him are the most important thing. So in situations, he will react differently depending on the state of a man's heart or a woman's right. heart. Right? right. I see that so much. We'll always point it out with, uh, to each other in our conversations. And we're like, whoa, that that God acted totally different in that situation. That guy did something not even half as bad as what that guy did. Right. But that's our interpretation. But God knows the heart. Right. So I want to point that out because don't get caught up in that stuff. And, and Start to understand who God truly is. Right. And that's why I believe. This is why God wants us to look a little bit further. He wants us to look at the state of our heart. Yep. What are the things that are actually, um, are those toxic things? Are those the disease that is in our heart that's actually keeping us from discovering who we are in him? Mm -hmm. Okay. We, we have a tendency not to want to go that deep, especially if it's something that's hurtful. It hurts. Yeah, it okay? does. Mm -hmm. And, but God, look, God, he doesn't want us to go there to hurt us. He wants us to go there to, to heal, heal us. us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Because he wants us to thrive in him. He wants us to trust in him. Yeah. He wants us to discover yeah. who we are, who we really are, not what this world says we who we are. Amen. And why do we say all of these things? Because we've lived it. I trust God to go to the deep places with me. I've been to some pretty hurtful places with God where I had to dig out some stuff that I wasn't happy about. But you know what he did every single time? He healed me of it and delivered me from it. He continues to deliver me of things. In this very moment, he's delivering me from something this this current season. Okay? Right. Come on. I mean, God is so good. He will continue to go there with you. He's not afraid or surprised by anything. Okay? So you nothing know, you have, he's going to be shocked by. You know, what 
is also very inspiring to me are those people that have been through horrific things that that thank God I haven't had to go through, but there are people that have gone through yeah. terrible things. There are people going through some terrible Horrible things, things right now. Right, right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, but God brought them through. There's there's been a victory stories, wonderful testimonies that have come come out of horrific situations of forgiveness and love and mercy yep. and seeing how God works. But the thing is, you can miss out on those, those really being, uh, you could miss out by God can minister to you through other people's stories, right? He could bring healing why do we want to give testimony yes we want to give testimony give glory to god mm-hmm. but we while we give and this is what's beautiful about him he's not a god is glorify me glorify me right because like it's for him it's for us when we are glorifying him and we're magnifying him mm-hmm. especially with through his testimony the testimonies that he's given mm-hmm. each and every one of us Yes, that is, this allows his word and his love to be to be ministered to others that are hurting that yep. uh, that are suffering maybe from the same thing. But the thing is, is if you are are holding on to your bitterness, you're holding on to your your anger. You're going to miss out on that opportunity, right? You're going to miss out on his visitation, that the opportunity that he's giving you to repent. To heal, I I can't tell you. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. When I was far from Christ in my life, I knew of Him, but I I was holding on to my sin. When I hear testimony like this, mm. yeah, it would. I would be skeptical. That's not I would real. Be judgmental. Yeah, same here. That they're they're I would look at them, okay, back to false prophets. I would look at them. They're lying. These are false prophets. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Because and, I wasn't that, in a place in my life where that lined up and that's not the God I thought I knew. Because I didn't I the the enemy had me at a point so locked into my sin, mm-hmm. right? Chained to my sin, I wasn't willing to see the truth. Yeah. But praise God. Praise God that he was persistent with me and continued to minister to me. And even, even when I was stubborn, he still loved on me. Oh, man. And he praise can, God continued for that. to chase me. Yep. Praise God for that. Right. So number three, moving on. My, by regularly reading and meditating on scriptures. We can arm ourselves, note, arm yourself, this is important, with spiritual truths that help us recognize and reject the chains that seek to bind us. I will just say this without, because I could go into a whole, I man, I want to get on my pulpit about truth right now, but I will just say this. Uh, the truth is always where you should focus, period. Whatever that means 
to somebody right now, but spiritual truths are going to overpower any lies or attacks that are in your life, period. Spiritual truth, speak that word over it. Four, in moments of weakness or temptation, turning to God in prayer provides strength and clarity every time. And if you don't get anything, at least you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and then God will minister to you at a different time. You know, sometimes God doesn't minister to me in the moment of prayer, by the way. I pray and pray and pray out of obedience and out of wanting to be in, in proximity to God and close to him and in relationship with him. And then I'll be doing the dishes later, humming a tune, and that's when I get that clarity that like passive prayer, does that make sense? So I could be an active prayer in one moment. And then later on during throughout the day, um, that praying without ceasing kicks in because I'm kind of in like thought prayer where I'm just thinking about stuff, talking to God about it, whatever, I'm just doing my thing. And then God's like drops clarity on me in revelation. Hey, this is what to do, or this is the encouragement I want to give you today. Or, you know, like he told, uh, you know, Paul, take courage, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You ministered today in, in, uh, to the Israelites or to the Jews, but you're going to go minister in Rome also. We read it out this morning. So this is, this is all really important to understand that you're going to, this is a process. You're going to, you're going to go down a long journey of healing with whatever you have. And by the way, everybody has this. There is not a person alive that hasn't gone through this world and has, doesn't have dirt on their feet of stuff. They got to try to kick off and work out with God. And it's all a lot. Everybody has a lot. There's no such thing as somebody who's experienced one thing, one day, a pebble, you know, kicked it to the side and that was their big moment. No, everyone's got a bunch of junk. And so you got to dig in with them. It's a direct line of communication to our heavenly father. Hello, we have the opportunity to actually talk directly to him, right? Reminding us of his promises and his love. These are all big reasons to get into that word. Whatever that means for you, start somewhere, right? And then pray. Pray however. You don't need to pray a certain way. God isn't shocked by the fact that you don't have some miraculous, you know, liturgical prayer. Like, who cares about that? He doesn't either, by the way. He just wants you to talk to him. Again, all he cares about is you your know, heart. It's funny. <laughs> you could be a chatterbox, you know, you could be a very talkative person. Yep. Right. Um, when you're out with people and your your life at work or at home. But when it comes down to your prayer life, suddenly you have nothing to say. <laughs> right? That's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so you're right. There's no, there's no magical prayer, really. There's no certain yeah. way. It's your heart. Last season, we talked a lot about, um, you. we had a whole series on when you're mad at God, how to approach God when you're angry about something or angry at right. him about something and how to work that out with God. He's fine with it, by the way. So, I mean, I call God dude all the time. <laughs> I'm right. like, dude. <laughs> I believe, you know, even, you know, that comes to mind, you know, Jesus, the disciples ask, well, how do we pray? Yeah. And Jesus shows them how to pray, gives sure. them a prayer. But the thing, the thing is, is because it's our father, mm -hmm. right? Who are in heaven. Yeah. So the thing is, is you're glorifying him. Make sure if, if anything, if you get anything out of this today, when you do pray, Make sure we're glorifying him. Start with him and not and, you. And if you have nothing to say, <laughs> yeah. continue just to thank him and praise him. Mm -hmm. the, but the, my my point here is, though, I believe Jesus was showing them 
not necessarily these steps take A, B, C. Or this is a script that only pray this prayer. Yeah. Right. It was more about the heart and you connecting with God. The posture of your heart. Yes, right? sir. And, yep. and so when we have nothing to say, praise him, thank him, but speak to him in, <laughs> what do we hear the other day? What was it the other day? Oh man, you know, I can't remember. I, it was just right there. I'm sorry. But the thing is, is just speak to him plainly. And sometimes it's, it, we have to do these angry, it's angry prayers. Yeah. It's he angry knows prayer. we were angry. And sometimes you don't know what to say. So you just say, God, I don't know what to say, but you, I just, and then just say whatever. I mean, literally whatever is, is, is on your heart. Just, just say it, give it to God. Just be able to vent. I mean, really though, there are times where I'm just venting and I'm like, God, I love you. And I know you have a plan, but this is hard and uncomfortable. Or maybe he is revealing something to me that I don't like about what I'm doing or that I don't want to let go of. And I've got to work that out with him. I have to wrestle with him. There are so many people in the Bible. We talked about this before in that anger series that people are wrestling with God. That means going back and forth, back and forth about, you know, what they want, what God wants. That's okay too. You've got to be on it. As long as the posture of your heart is towards God and love and you are, you are open, he can wrestle with you back and forth. So that's, that's all, these are all reasons to be in prayer to, to this is, this is going to be a much longer conversation, but this is going to be a journey and it's an amazing, beautiful journey. Another thing that's really important about what we could be doing in action is cultivating a supportive spiritual community. Now with what that, what we just talked about doing that with others around you is also super important and powerful. I'm going to bring up, um, our next verse, um, Proverbs 27, 17 says this. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Mm -hmm. So we've, you've heard this verse, iron sharpening iron. And the thing is, is that we don't, we don't sharpen iron by judging it, guys. This is about opening ourselves up to understanding that we're all just doing our best. We are all walking in faith. We are all at a different point in our journey. And love is where we focus and compassion. But when iron sharpens iron, that means, you know, bringing up questions supporting, maybe holding accountable. You can hold someone accountable who's asked for you to hold them accountable. <laughs> That's what iron sharpening iron is, is accountability partner type stuff. We don't just walk around on the street, just holding people accountable that, you know, accountability has to be, um, asked for. It has to be accepted. It has to be, they have to be on board with this, but that's what we do as fellow Christians. That's what we do as brothers and sisters in Christ for each other, right? That's a healthy thing to do. Get in a group where that happens in a healthy way, right? So you're, you're actually not in toxicity instead. So the way to do this, um, being a, or, or why do we do this? Being a part of a faith-based community, such as a church group or a Bible study circle provides mutual support and encouragement. When faced with temptations or challenges, having fellow believers to turn to can make all the difference. Having that support and outlet where you're like, God said this. Did he say that? And somebody who's been in the word longer or has been walking with God longer maybe knows, hey, that's not God's heart. That's not how he acts. That's not who he is. Maybe we should reevaluate that together. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. Remember earlier, I was talking about how we, we, we don't want to let go of our old friends, mm -hmm. even though we know they're they're toxic or they're maybe they're not toxic maybe they're just living a life that you know that's not good for you okay uh they're living a life that that 
really tempts you more mm-hmm. or you, you just want to move away from. And then you, you're asking yourself, well, I don't want to have nobody. Then, then right. you, you cut your ties and then, then what? Then, then I have no friends. I have right? had no friends. I have had God remi- remove <laughs> pretty much almost everybody from my life at one point in time or another. And you've had the same thing right. happen. Um, I think lots of people can uh, identify with this. Uh, it was scary. I was not really the person ever in my life that didn't have people, you know, friends surrounding me, really extroverted, whatever. But there was a point in time where God was like, look, none of this is, is none of these people are supposed to move with you to the next season. Right. There were times where multiples of people just suddenly were ghosting me or um, God asked me to like, you know, just sort of wean off conversations with them and, and, and communication with them altogether. And maybe it was a natural way or whatever. But the thing is, is that it was, it was from God. These were things that God was doing in my life that I didn't quite understand. And it hurt me to, to let go of those people. It hurt me to not understand why God was doing it, but I will tell you, I trust God. And so in that moment, when I was like, I don't have any friends left, (laughs) um, I, that wasn't true. And it was, it was, those people were no longer my friend, either some of them were never friends or they were friends for that season where people were supposed to be in my life for that season, but then no longer. And then I had new people now, now in our life, God has surrounded us with an enormous circle of friends, new family. Right. And that, and that's what I was trying to get to is that if we don't allow ourselves to to unplug ourselves from th- those old things from our past, the mm-hmm. things that don't serve us. Okay. Um, it keeps us away from uh, what God really wants. Look, how about this? This is a lie I t- I've told myself because I've, I've disconnected myself from maybe those old friends or the old lifestyle. And so I, what I've done, what I've done is I have very few external relationships other than my, my relationship with my wife, you know, um, because I tell myself, maybe I'm not a, I'm not a person that can make friends. I don't like people. Right. Or if you've people, met Javi, you know, or, that's not true. <laughs> or people don't like me. Okay. And then you start thinking, well, uh, Maybe I just don't know how to make friends or be a friend and all these lies. Yeah. Those are lies that keep you from these relationships that God wants you to have. Why? Because you're going to need them. Yes. They're part of your growth. And that again, it goes, it, it goes back to surrounding yourself with good and Good people, mm-hmm. people that uplift you, not tear you down. Why? Because they can offer wise counsel, share their own experiences, and even hold us accountable when we're at risk of falling into old patterns. Right. Those are the people that are going to lift us up, you guys. And by the way, we're supposed to evolve and 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 you know be redeemed and move into the next season and grow and heal and then do that for someone else. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that's that's been one of the most amazing and most blessed parts of my journey is. Um, God bringing around me lots of people that need, you know, my encouragement that are going through things I have personally been through. That's the full circle. That's, that's the goal. 
By surrounding ourselves with individuals who share our values and beliefs, we can find the encouragement and motivation to resist those chains and walk in the freedom that Christ has granted us. That's why we need to be in community. So the last thing we want to talk about today is just the invitation to rest. Okay. There's a lot going on in this process. Addressing and unpacking this in our own lives, it's a huge thing, especially if you've never done it and you're like, I have been avoiding this like the plague. And now God's going to ask me to unpack that box. Oh, and now I'm nauseous, right? So let's just, let's just rest in knowing that God is actually going to do most of the unpacking. He's just going to do it in front of us. And we just don't like that. <laughs> but he does the unpacking and the healing and the sealing back up of our heart and the, and the, and the restoration, okay? So we, we, the work we have to do is just being obedient and being on board and letting him, allowing him to do it, right? So I'm going to bring up our last verse. And that is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And that says, well, now I got to bring this up. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, this is uh, the NLT version. Yeah. Right. Um yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the thing is when we let go of those chains, mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about breaking the chains. He breaks the chains. He breaks the chains. Right. right. But what we often do is we pick them back up. But once we let go of those chains. Well, and Jesus. And we, oh, sorry. Go ahead. And we grab a hold of him. Mm-hmm. That yoke is a. um well, we're going to get into that next week, uh, and this, you, don't miss next week. Uh, it's so good. But the yoke, the tool of the yoke is to help distribute the weight. Yes. Right? So we're so he's helping us to rest by carrying this with us, right? Jesus doesn't promise a life without challenges or burdens. He uh, instead offers a different kind of yoke, like one that's easy and light. So that that's it's not a burden. It is a, distri- a distribution of weight, like you said, which is so – I mean, think about how that sounds, just, oh. I just feel like the weight coming off me, just thinking God's helping me distribute this. Um, his invitation is not just for physical rest, right? He wants us to rest, take our Sabbath, you know, have that. By the way, Sunday is for us, not for God. It is for us. He wants us to do it because we need a day off. Because why are we resting? Why do we sleep so many hours at night? Why does our body literally require us to sleep so long? We think it's five hours, but really it's more like seven or eight, isn't it? <laughs> and And it's like, that's that's so good for us because why we need to be able to, to to face the challenges of the day and so he wants us to face the challenges of the week with taking a restful day by the way we're not distracted on that day so he can actually talk to us and we can hear him <laughs> i hear god more on sundays than anything because i'm just not busy 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 so it, it is also though for soul soul restoration right this is a spiritual rest that we're taking and by surrendering our burdens to him and leaning and learning from his ways uh we trade our heavy chains for his grace-filled guidance. So I want to bring up this picture um, one more time for you guys just to kind of take a look at. Let me take this down. Because these pictures are so powerful. And I just want to talk about this just for a moment. Man, I you know, real quick, Javi's really been led by God to start designing so that we can, the heat, so that God can speak volumes through 
artwork through inspirational pieces. And this is just, I, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, wow, yeah, I have really been there. As we reflect on this man in this desolate landscape, let's also consider the chains that we might be dragging around, whether uh, we're ensnared by the allure of false promises or the weight of past mistakes. I want you to remember this. True freedom is found in Christ. He calls us to lay down our burdens, to learn from him, and to experience profound rest that only he can offer. Let's choose his yoke that distributes that weight, right? And in doing so, we choose freedom. All right, so that's a wrap for today. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to Faith Unregulated wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so you don't miss a single episode where we discuss having bold faith, building strong character, and taking fearless action. Again, we are your host, Javi and Jessica Madrigal. And if you have any questions or comments regarding this or any of our episodes, feel free to reach out at support at javiandjessicamadrigal.com. That's support at Javi, J-A-V-I-E, and Jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A, Madrigal, M-A-D-R-I-G-A-L.com. Thank you, everybody, and have a blessed week.